I'm your host, Liam, VP Marketing at Cognizant, and I'm here with Gwen, VP of Brand at Cinch. So let's get started. The podcast episode will discuss the changing nature of B2B buying behavior and how more than ever, B2B marketers need to focus on brand as a differentiator. In this new era, how must, how must marketers approach change? How must marketers view brand building? We'll reveal why brand is so important in modern B2B marketing, the implications for companies that don't prioritize brand marketing, and what brand activities to focus on and how to get started in developing your brand. Okay, so first things first, Gwen, could you introduce yourself, a bit of your history, where you work, um, so the listeners have an understanding of where you're coming from on this subject? Yeah, so do that quickly. So I'm Gwen Lafarge, I'm VP of Brand and Content at Cinch. uh, starting maybe with with me, I've built most of my career in agencies. So I worked in uh, uh, consumer agencies before getting into B2B. At the time, I worked in uh, Silicon Valley. So I worked with a lot of tech companies over there um, before moving to Stockholm to open our local office at this small B2B tech agency um, before starting at Cinch about two years ago to lead their brand efforts. Um, so a bit more about Cinch. Cinch is the customer communications cloud. Um, we power meaningful conversations between brand and their customers um, everywhere through all of the channels of their choice, whether it's um, email, voice, text messaging, WhatsApp. Um, we offer companies solutions to enable them to uh, com- connect with their audiences everywhere. Nice, nice, thank you. Um, I kind of want to get into, so um, actually like jumping straight into it, but still a bit about yourself. So in your LinkedIn bio, um, I'd say it's like a little untraditional and like instead of sort of uh, going straight into details about this yourself, um, you first address why people need a strong brand. So. I'll give this to the audience what it says, uh, but you can, I think people should also go check out your profile and follow you as well. Um, But you say, why do you need a strong brand? Because it is the only true differentiator that can't be copied. And yes, that's also true for B2B companies. Think about it. Products and features are becoming the same. Sure, you can can be a little cheaper, a little better, but why not use your brand to win instead? Your brand is your future-proof competitive edge. A strong brand means recognition, credibility, trust, and loyalty. So why are you so passionate about this sort of need for a strong brand? Um, so it's, I think this because I kind of built my career around this. And like, as I said, I started with agencies, uh, first working with consumer brands. Some of my biggest clients were Coca-Cola and Procter & Gamble. And uh, so I did that in agency for many years before starting in B2B. Um, in Silicon Valley at the time when marketing automation was um, big, right? It was the whole era of marketing uh, marketing automation, lead gen, um, and a few companies started to like break away from it and be like, wait a minute here. We're like getting leads, nurturing people, lead magnet, blah. Um, Have we forgotten like... um, the core of, of marketing in a way. And have we forgotten that we also need prospect and the audiences to be aware of what we're doing in an ideal way to love us even before they're ready to buy? Uh, have we forgotten about those 95% of people that are not uh, are ready to buy, right? Like how do we focus on them? And that's the time when you saw brand uh, tech, B2B tech companies, brand in Silicon Valley, take a new movement in in building strong brands and that was at the time dropbox slack um vendask so trying to kind of go deeper on actually building like a an appealing brand rather than just focusing on features right historically b2b has been boring right it's been all about like um the products and the technologies and the features, and then you get into a price battle. And then it was a shift that started in Silicon Valley, I think. Um, and my background was in brand, so it kind of applied quite well to tech companies. Um, and it still is, even though my job at Cinch is the first time I'm, I am in-house. Uh, so it's been a big a big shift uh, to see it from like the, the company side. Um, but I still believe of the 
big importance of building a brand to differentiate yourself. Yeah, so that's kind of like interesting, I suppose, that we were like, as you say, like B2B was a bit, has always been a bit boring traditionally, focus on like the technology, the product, trying to like, oh, it's, it's very, it's almost, it's very sales focused really, or, or has been. Um, and we're like, what we like saying now is that like uh, the B2B buying behavior sort of changed and that people want to do the research themselves. They, they don't want to like, they want to figure it all out themselves and only speak to sales exactly when they want to. Um, and that like, they expect everything all the time. So it's not like just like, I don't know, an email campaign, but like seeing everything wherever they are everywhere. Um, in that sort of sense, and this sort of like, this 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 sort of changing landscape, um, what like what about brand is so important when like now compared to how it was? Yeah, because I think it's, it, you, you need, you want people to know you because they i think the power have shifted like the power is not so much with brand it is with customers now right they are the one driving their own journey with with your industry and with your brand right they decide what when they're ready to look into solution like yours they do their research alone before like talking to anybody else so the customers and the audiences have the power so you want to make sure that you're visible enough for them uh, before they're ready to buy so that when they are, they will think about you first. People don't want any more, well, maybe a purchasing department at big uh, <laughs> enterprise want you to evaluate 10 different wonders and blah, but I think no one really has time to do that. So I think like basically people go even in B2B a lot with their gut feeling, right? And if they've come across your company before, seen your content, engage with you as an individual or as a brand um, before they're ready to buy, there's a higher chance that they're going to buy for you, right? I think like uh, it, it, it is because of the shift that has been happening and how people, when they're ready to buy, they message you, right? They don't really wait for you to send a cold email and, and when you do be like, Oh yeah, great. I'm going to buy the solution because this sales guy just sent me an email now, right? Like it, it doesn't happen that way. Um, so I think because of that brand is more important and I guess it goes back to what is brand, right? Like how do you define what brand is? And there's still a misconception that brand is about your logo and your colors and your brand guidelines. That's one part of it and it's important, but it's not the only part. For me, brand is a lot more than that. For me, brand is in everything you do and it's really tied to your reputation and what you're known for uh, and how much you're known and everything you do. So the brand guidelines, positioning exercise, uh, all of the foundational work you do from a branding perspective contribute to influence how people see you, right? So that's what you want to do as a brand marketer. You try to influence how people see you um and set some of those kind of foundation on visual identity and on like positioning on messaging etc but i think that's um that's the misconception is that you really need a story right like i think every company and every startups like know they need a story they just don't call it brand um mm -hmm. but in a way that's what it is <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so like yeah exactly it's not i think that people get so confused with that, don't they? Because they think about maybe sometimes what comes out of like a brand team or department and they see maybe like in a rebrand and it's just a change of logo and colors in, in their mind. And then they're like, oh, that's all it is. And, and it's actually, well, it's actually so much more. It's like, it's the how well you're, is how you're known and positioning and everything. So, um, yeah. Exactly. That's, that's, yeah. that's the tricky part, right? It's like, you cannot have like, I mean, most companies have like one brand person, right? Like, or, or none. And the reason for that is because everybody is responsible for the brand, right? Like, you know that the reputation, if you think about it as the reputation of your company, it can be destroyed by like one bad customer service experience, by your CEO posting stuff on Twitter. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it can, uh, everybody is responsible for it and the consistency of it and making sure everyone is aligned around one core message and tell the same story. 
is where Bran has a role to play, to kind of be the guardian, set the foundation, be the guardian, and potentially, if they have the budget, build those bigger campaigns, brand campaign, because that's also the misconception, right? Either people think it's the logo and the colors, or they think it's only brand campaigns. You do a billboard, you have like a radio ad, right? Like, uh, And yes, that's part of it, but especially in like B2B tech and SaaS and small companies, it's not just that because no companies have really the budget for that. Um, it's how you make sure everybody at the company be called your brand ambassadors, right? That's kind of the role of someone in the brand team as well, helping the rest of the company become those representative of the brand and sharing the message. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for like a modern B2B org that's like, Go, like trying to build a brand, uh, maybe they've neglected it or maybe they're starting out. What would, what should they be aiming to achieve? Like, I suppose, what's their, how would you, what would you position as like the ultimate end goal that, you know, they know they're on the right path? I think uh, they know they're on the right path if you have people, if you can come across people uh, that, like your brand, even if they've never been a customer, um, right. or when your sales team pick up the phone, um, the answer is like, oh yeah, I've heard about Cinch. Um, I've seen Mike who's been posting videos on LinkedIn, right? So I think like, um, and you see more traffic coming to your website, more people subscribing to your content, um, uh, make uh, taking the decision that they want to follow you because they like what you're doing and they like your brand and your content before they are a customer. Uh, I think you'll know you're in the right path. Ultimately, right? Like the role is to shorten or the objective is to shorten the sales cycle, right? Like you want the sales cycle to be really short. So you want people to have you in mind before they enter the sales cycle in a way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of, when you need to measure, are they, are you starting to be in their mind um, even before they they want to buy from you? And I think ultimately, if you become the people that convince them that they need the type of solution you offer, like uh, you kind of expose maybe a pain point they have that they didn't realize they had before, or you offer a solution they hadn't even think about getting, uh, then you also won that battle, right? It's like, that's the... I guess when we call category building and like how a lot of people are, are talking about that, should you build a category or not, right? Like uh, um, I, I see it as a positioning exercise and I see it as more, are you able to generate like that demand for that type of product? Um, that's even one step before the brand, but it's really linked together. It's back to like that core story you you want to be able to to tell. Mm-hmm. And for those companies that then neglect it and don't go out and build a brand, like what would you fear like would happen? Like what 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 do you think are the pitfalls of then if you just neglect doing it? You just you focus on I don't know a performance performance marketing outlook. You know you're just trying to capture what's there but not building long term. How what would you yeah? What's the 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 big fear then that could happen? Well, I think it's it's in a way very similar to like this this trend and new term that people use on like demand generation and demand creation versus demand capture, right? Like, and I think in a way, if you don't build a brand, it's the same as if you don't build or create the demand. Um, you get into the risk of of getting too late into the process when people already have in mind someone else that they want to buy from, um, or they click on a banner because they think like, okay, that that on a performance marketing banner, that product might be interesting and I need to compare to someone else and like look at the other options and then you compete on features and price and there's, you haven't built a connection with that brand before, the sell is going to be so much harder. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you you see it with some, some of the brands, right? Like we all... In B2B tech, like we all know Gong, uh, for example, right? I think they are, to me, one of the examples of a company that have managed to build a really strong brand. I've never used Gong. I've never been a customer. 
I might not even like their visual identity from like an aesthetic design point of view, but I love the brand because they made it so authentic, so fun. They're providing so much value and so much content that I feel that if one day I'm looking for a solution like theirs, I'll definitely look into Gong, right? Like they will be on my list. If you haven't built that, you won't be on the list. Someone else will be, right? They So you won't even get considered. Um, so I think it's building those emotional connection beyond the product before people are ready to buy. Mm-hmm. I think Gong's actually a really interesting one because like, obviously you can, you like, can utilize them as a marketer, but like their main like main target market or their main ICP is, is sales, like salespeople, right? Yeah. But everyone knows about them. Uh, and like, I mean, as a marketer, I just followed them from an early age just because, yeah, like I was impressed with the brand work as well. So it's like when it's right. But their brand's so powerful that it, I think it, yeah, transcends like all the, their actual ICP that they're after, really. Exactly. It does. And I guess they've put some proper campaign and proper budget behind it too, right? Like they did billboards in San Francisco and like they use it as a recruitment tool as well. I think that's another power of the brand. It's like people want to join that company because they sound or they feel like a great company to work for just because they do that brand piece so well. I don't know if that's a reality. I've never talked to anyone that works there, right? <laughs> Maybe it sucks, but uh, you know, like I, you want to feel you want to feel that it's great company to do business with or to work at, just because they've built that brand piece so well. Um, and I think they've also done like very big stuff, right? Like billboard or like a um, big. Um, Super Bowl ad, obviously not every tech company will go there. Mm-hmm. You don't need to, right? There's, especially with the rise of social media, there's a lot of opportunities to get in front of a lot of people in an, a lot easier way than before. Mm-hmm. Um, that's today where a lot of smaller tech companies build their brand online. I mean, Conism is one of them. I think like it's a lot, I feel like it's a lot easier for smaller B2B tech companies to do it on social that it is for large ones. Um, mm-hmm. So that's quite interesting that that shifted a bit the power, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but actually, out of interest, why do you think it's kind of like easier, I suppose, for the smaller companies there than the bigger ones? Um, because it's easier to rally the people internally around a one message and mm-hmm. educate them on posting and why and feeling them kind of engage with it than it is for large, more kind of corporate mm-hmm. uh, teams um, where everyone maybe fits a bit more into a box in a way, right? The bigger the company, the more structure you need. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting because we're going a bit through that journey at Synth when we grew extremely big, extremely fast. Like um, today we have more than 4,000 employees and when I started two years ago, we were maybe 700. So it's been like a really big, uh, big growth. And I can see that it's as a startup, like everyone is engaged and want to do everything to kind of sell the product, right? As a enterprise, people have roles. Um, they have like specific roles and it's harder to have them switch off of that and become a brand ambassador because they're like, well, you know, I'm, I do events, like I don't do social media, right? Like, so I think that's, that, and that's only just within marketing, right? It's even worse when you start going into like, I, uh, I'm an account manager, right? And I like focus on my clients. I'm like, yeah, but you could share so much learning online. Like, you know, we try to educate them to do that. It's a lot harder than it is as like smaller companies when the attachment engagement, the size is more manageable. I think um, that makes sense like actually when I think about working at bigger companies previously it's like everyone has their own lawn and they like to mow it uh and then at a startup it's like everyone pits in together and stuff and there's like there's greater flexibility to succeed right as well um uh yeah I suppose you you have to start from scratch with building a brand maybe the bigger company is actually relying sometimes corporates on what they have previously built rather than expanding it into new arenas like social um yeah that's really interesting something you mentioned actually before and i'll sort of go back a bit because you mentioned about like demand gen 
um, and that side of things. Obviously, we're big advocates. There's like demand gen movement. But then you also mentioned when you're talking about Gong about employee brand, right? That it like basically essentially the brand, their brand that they've built that would have like demand gen purpose were also has purpose in recruitment. So I'm really interested in this. How do you, I mean, that to me, that's one way that it differs, but how would you, yeah, say that brand and demand gen differ or, and where do they blur the lines? And yeah, I, I think, yeah, it's super interesting today. It, it is. I think the thing is like, to me, brand is everywhere, right? Like it, it's like, it's not like uh, focused on just one part of like the journey or the funnel, if you want to call it a funnel. And like, uh, it doesn't really focus on one bit. It needs to be across everything and across everything you do. So ultimately your performance marketing ads need to be on brand, right? Like you, you need to have things that are like, on brand and you need the message to kind of work together. So I think the difference is that you need, you're building brand when you do demand gen, right? Like they kind of like are really tied together and some of the initiative you have in demand gen, you can call it demand gen or probably you can call it brand. To me, there's a lot of like crossover. And the reason for that is because brand is not really one thing that you can capture as being one specific things. Like, um, Event is another example, right? Like you go to event, that's demand gen, that's lead gen, potentially if you scan people, that's also a big brand play, right? Like you want to kind of put yourself out there and be visible and that's also brand. So that's the complexity I think with brand is that you can't really narrow it down to like one thing or one set of activities because there's different layers to, to brand. There's setting the foundation, setting up some system from a visual identity perspective, setting up the positioning and the story from a more of a messaging perspective, um, and then educating people internally to became, become kind of a brand ambassadors, producing content that can help tell that brand story. And then there's brand activities, pure brand activities that could be brand campaign, like a brand video, a specific kind of like um, campaign when you feature your customers. So there's things you can do that are more, I guess, tagged as brand campaigns. But most of the time, you don't want to do just a brand campaign. You want kind of um, to mix that with a demand gen element. Like in the previous agency I worked for, we, we, called, we talked about brand gen which was quite interesting, which was like the mix of demand gen and brand um, mm -hmm. on how you might want, for example, uh, some of the campaign we, we named that way was like, you create this really cool video that is maybe funny, um, that is kind of entertaining. Um, you link that to like a set of like actual educational content um, that goes together with it. So it's kind of a journey and you build content for every stage of the funnel, brand being very top of the funnel, right? Like, and then you need the piece that goes together to build that journey for your, your uh, prospect. So I think what tricks us is thinking of brand as a one department or one person or like, because it is not one person at a company cannot build a strong brand by themselves. Right. And that uh, kind of leads me on to what I was going to ask next, which was like content, like content role in brand. Uh, and I suppose kind of what you're saying here and from this like brand gen idea as well, like, yeah, I suppose you can do use content to like have very brand specific content, like a brand ad that maybe sells your story and purpose, as you say. But then again, because brand feeds into absolutely everything that you do, like the content that you might create for like demand gen, like will be like also like a brand ad in the same way, but with the added element of demand gen, is, is that kind of how you would see the use of content? Yeah, I think it's it's quite interesting because it, we, we're going through a bit of that journey right now at Cinch because we're going through a reorg um, and, and deciding what content lives where and which team. And, and I think content is tricky because content is the fuel to everything you do, right? Like it's, it's the fuel to all of the other activities. Like 
in a way, product marketing is content and uh, writing on the blog is content. Making videos for your social is content. Like uh, your podcast is content, right? Like, so I think content is kind of everywhere and serve multiple purpose. So again, that's also why it's tricky. Like where does it go and who kind of owns it? But they are type of content that are probably more on the brand building than others. Like to me, a podcast, for example, and us talking now, that's probably brand. Right. That's probably brand. Um, but hopefully you kind of see it as like getting, you know, your name out there and you might get prospect from it. Like, but I'm sure the ultimate goal of the podcast is not lead gen. Right. So, and, and I know at Conism, like a, you don't really think about lead gen anymore. Right. But at the same time, you're still thinking about we need prospect and we need to kind of fill the pipeline. Right. So I think that's still that's still there, but the podcast is not like the direct revenue activity, mm-hmm. um, but it still has a role to play within your educational approach, right? Like people to get to know you and see you as a sub leader. Um, then when you write a blog post about what your product does um, for, for, yeah, for your blog, then it's a little bit less brand, but you want to make sure it is on brand from a tone of voice perspective and an image perspective, but Will it help building your brand? Probably less. You might drive traffic to your website. So ultimately you can say yes, but it's a bit more of a stretch, right? So I think it's hard to, we like things to fit in boxes and I think it's Mm -hmm. really not, right? It's like, we like like those framework and those boxes. We like to think about like a proper funnel when people go from top to bottom and we help them, we push them down with our content, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I, it just doesn't work like that, right? Like the customers decide and they might they might read a blog about your product and then listen to a podcast, right? Like I think we want to think of this perfect flow when they go brand awareness, top of the funnel, then they want to know a bit more with how we solve it, then they're going to look into a product. Mm-hmm. No, right? It doesn't really work that, that way. So you have to like keep brand into everything you do and put a lot of efforts into it before they're ready to buy so that they know you, right? And podcast, like, is, is a good, I mean, I love podcast. Like, I think that's a good activity to to build yourself as a sort of leader. Um, and all of the work you guys do in Conism, for example, on, um, uh, on social and building up your marketer's profile. I mean, you, Alice, like, uh, how you've used yourself to kind of, like, share the message is smart, right? Like that's how small companies do it, like in a really good way because people connect with people. Is that brand? In a way, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, personal brand and company brand all wrapped into one. I mean, I totally agree. Like, uh, yeah. you know, sometimes I've like, or like, for example, gone all encompassing, know their brand perfectly. And then if I was to submit a demo for Gong in the future, you know, I could firmly say it's, you know, the brand that's that's taken me there and like that would why they'd be the first to come to mind, even if I was thinking about a solution like that. And then other times I probably need had a need for something all of a sudden, uh, complete the demo for form like submission for a company I've never heard of before. And then only then once you're in the process, do you then start engaging with the brand, listen to the podcast and stuff. Um, so it's like you can be influenced or convinced at any stage of well, you know in that in that funnel um you're not always like yep. it's not always this nice linear route that we all would love it to be essentially <laughs> um exactly and i think like now the another complexity that that's been happening more recently is because it's built through the people and because of social you might be connected and engaging with someone content on LinkedIn and I have no idea where they work mm-hmm. um, and be like, Oh, I like this guy and like keep following what he's saying. And like, and then at some point something will resonate and you'll be like, wait, I need to see what company he's working for. Like what is the, this company doing? Cause that you relate and connect with someone before you connect with the actual company and, and the brand itself. Yet this guy's have probably been feeding you the brand message, right? <laughs> With that, without the logo on it, right? So I think you're also somehow moving into non-traditional ways to build a brand through the people, um, which actually works really well, right? So yeah, 
yeah we've definitely had people who actually feedback sometimes they're like I love the content I have no idea what you do <laughs> Which, yeah <laughs> I think you could be like some people might be that as a problem but like I, I don't see it, you know, like the old school might be like, oh, well, we, we haven't sold enough of what we're doing. I'm like, no, I think this is perfect. Like we've built a community and then at the point that they do need something or want to find out what we do, um, then we're going to have this in t- really positive image with us at the same time. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I think it, it, it is quite uh, quite interesting, right? I think you do want to make sure the message kind of connects and that you still appeal to your target audience when they're ready. I know that um, because sometimes just being known and not people knowing what you do can also be a bit of a curse. Like I take this example, I think of um, SurveyMonkey when they tried to go from um, SMB to enterprise and realized everyone knows SurveyMonkey. They had no brand awareness issue, right? No one knew they were for enterprise, right? Like that they were like more than just like a, a, a tool for SMBs or for individual contributors. And I think it's, again, like when you try to go from product-led to sales-led and targeting enterprises, mm-hmm. where that's when you probably need to move into more traditional ways to to do branding, um, still combined with like the people and the more kind of tech startup way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think both work. And I feel like sometimes I feel like some really small companies on LinkedIn feel like they have a bigger brand and a bigger presence than some of the larger players because their their employees in large company will post about, we are at this event, we're recruiting, right? Like when in small smaller companies, they actually produce content and become content creators, right? Like for, for a specific company. I think there's a big trend around that. Um, I think we are at the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a question here that based on a post of yours, um, so you posted about essentially that in times of recession or economic trouble that, you know, people normally take a step back from brand, move their chips from the long-term bets and put them onto short-term, uh, bets, uh, and that essentially as like, I think a lot of people would say, but don't always, you know, follow their own, um, you know, advice that then the people, the companies that have put, continued to place bets in brand will um, come out better at the end of at the end of the economic downturn. What I'm kind of interested in is what would you see as like low hanging fruit, I suppose, for people to be at like brand activity that they can carry out during the, like maybe times where budgets are tight and pressure from senior leadership is 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 there. Um, that they can then keep keep that brand presence um, that might not necessarily be actually that, you know, require loads of budget as well. Or if it does, maybe that is, is, is like a very effective way of like keeping brand presence and, you know, brand strategy going. Yes. So I think like there's a few things. I think the first thing is like maybe if things are slowing down and activities are slowing down and, you could take that moment to uh, establish stronger foundations. So maybe that might be the the time to actually think about what is your value prop and like how does that resonate with people during a recession? Because people are buying less, right? Which means it's true for every one of us, like every, especially if you sell to other tech companies that are impacted right now, um, they will buy less right now. So I think it's thinking can I um, work on the foundation of the brand and the story so that it resonates at this time, this moment in time, right? Like, is your story moving more towards how you help them go through this recession, cut costs, uh, you know, become more efficient? Like, so I think there's a lot of questions and a lot of things that are happening everywhere in tech. If you can insert yourself into this discussion now, uh, you have definitely uh, big to win. I think it's it's also a lot of industry are still going through digital transformation, like more of the uh, more traditional industries. Um, and right now, a lot of tech companies are actually not planning on reducing software buy, right? Like um, they're cutting costs, but they see software as a way to um, automate more or like be more efficient. So there's definitely still room for like 
people are buying software. So getting your story straight, I think, is the first thing. Um, and that comes to like thinking of brand and setting up the foundations, right? Then in terms of really activities and how you keep your presence um, or how you stay top, top of mind. Uh, we talked a lot about social and I think that's definitely um, easy, well, easy, not easy, but a cheap route um, to do it because doesn't cost you anything to have all your employees post, right? So what can you do to use them instead of putting budget on a big billboard, right? Like what, how can you use internal resources to keep that presence um, alive? And like you said, with content, people know, know it, know the content, but maybe don't know what to do. Well, maybe they're not ready to buy right now, but you build for the future. So it's the same with, with brand is staying top of mind always. Um, I think, we also sometimes think of brand as like doing big mass campaigns and like um, focusing on, for example, uh, again, a billboard of this big boost at an event. You can build brand in a targeted way. Like you could do really cool direct mail, for example. Um, that's going to be super cool brand building piece when you actually wow your audience or like they receive something that is extra different um, and they will think about you and that's very targeted and you can do that within an ABM campaign, right? So I think it's a way, again, how you think about brand, building that awareness and that present, that kind of connection with your brand through every single activity you do. So I think it's more about looking at activities you already do and how you can add a brand element to it maybe more rather than like thinking, oh, we don't build brand now because we don't have budget for, for it, right? But I think it's also podcasts potentially promoting some of the episode as part of your uh, set of activities or your demand gen campaign, right? It's like you need some brand element into it, right? So I think it's also that. So this this... It doesn't have to be focused on everything. It's again the 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 content that you build and how you can use it smartly um, within existing campaigns. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's great advice actually because I think you're right. I think when people think of brand, they think they they maybe think they have to go for like the billboard or the Super Bowl ad, and they have to spend a load of money um, to do it. But actually you can one you can like leverage a lot of free stuff i suppose like I went, i'm just thinking about social and direct mail and we did like the last year the b2b doesn't have to be boring when we had the t-shirts and this year with the cmo diary and like the actual noise that was created over social for both those things was just largely free because it was created by everyone else um and then we didn't, it wasn't yeah. that we had to then go do this huge launch. Um, and then that would, you know, that had then just had the multiplier effect, I suppose, on brand and, and on Alice's brand, especially for this CMO diary. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's, it's, it's building her own brand, but it's so connected to communism, right? It's really like, um, so the association is there. Um, and yeah, that's cheap, cheap ways to, I mean, cheap, not as expensive ways to do it. And I think um, it comes to some of the content you produce. It's like we somehow, the pandemic has kind of liberated a bit, like the pressure from a um, creative excellence perspective. And as much as I love a highly produced video, like, um, and I wish like, you know, that I had budget for that all the time. But then I think those are amazing. But there's room for not as produced stuff, right? Like I think on social and like you can do funny video that might go viral um, without putting huge budget onto it, right? So I think things have shifted. You don't expect, especially for smaller companies, right? Because I think when you are like a big enterprise, expectations are a bit higher and who you're targeting is a bit different. So it might be, you might want to be careful there that it doesn't come across as being cheap and unprofessional, but for smaller companies, you can embrace kind of the lack of production that you see around. You can embrace entertainment a lot more. Um, I feel a really good way to build brand is to entertain your audience, right? Like being funny, like 
being um, visible in that way, that works really well. And there's a lot of way to do it pretty cheap, in a pretty cheap way, right? Yeah. <laughs> you could yeah. be you in front of your camera doing, recording something funny, right? Like it mm -hmm. could be. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, like if the blocker is production or the blocker is, yeah, like, like not being have, having the budget to get it like uh like produce nicely the thing is if you don't then produce anything then you basically you achieve nothing but if you put something out there that's low production then yeah you're like you can only see then how it will go and then that yes it's that whole thing of like something is way better than nothing anyway um and i actually love that that social has kind of created this this arena for being able to do low production stuff and no one's really minds too much. And then obviously when you do see something high production and great, you appreciate it even more anyway. So. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think like when it comes to like bigger brand campaigns and like, I think if we, we talked about billboard, for example, and if that's something you want to try because you have some budget, but you don't have the budget to have a billboard on Times Square, right? Like you can definitely test it small, start small. Maybe you test like a, a city, um, see how that performing, expand to other cities. I think there's like ways to do it incrementally so that it also doesn't be like, okay, I need millions to kind of get this started, right? It's like, um, or you can capitalize on events or like if you already have a booth somewhere and I think like, or even if you don't, I think like now there's a lot of smart ways, creative ways to think about events and creating an experience there without investing in a massive boost on like, if you think about the idea that you need to create an experience, you need to create a moment that is memorable for your audience. Um, then I think you can maybe liberate yourself from, is it brand, right? Like, is it more like, how do I create memorable moments that will connect with my audience? Um, I think that's, that's a good way to, to see it and maybe you'll do something that stands out as a trade show, right? Like instead of just thinking about the booths and stuff, you're like, well, what, what else can we do, right? Like, can we dress all of our sales guys in bunnies? I mean, I'm just kidding, but you know what I mean? It's like do something that will kind of get out of the box. I think, I think in a way, sometimes recession and lower budget are great for creativity. Mm -hmm. um, because you can't do the stuff you were doing before. So you have to think, outside the box mm -hmm. so i have to see the opportunity in it <laughs> yeah you just have you can't chuck money at everything anymore you, you actually can't think about yeah, yeah exactly but i mean like it's yeah exactly so there, there's definitely ways i mean obviously if you have the budget putting media budget behind all the activities will you know increase your reach increase like everything right it's like but i think as a starting point, if it starts working organically first, then the paid is there to kind of make it explode, but it has to start with something good first, right? Like you can't just, like you say, throw money at it, like uh, create something that people would want to share and want to engage with um, is the first step. And then if you have budget, then you can help it even more. But if you don't, there's already that much done, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, this is an age-old question. Uh, <laughs> how can marketers measure the success of brand activity? Um, can it be measured, or do we need to accept that it can't be measured? Or, you know, what are the important indicators that you would look for? Even if you know, we just really maybe it's not that we don't accept that it can't be measured. We just accept that we can't have this, you know, weird causality, this direct <laughs> measurement that I think a lot of people are after. Yeah, the the ultimate question, right? I think like, um, <laughs> how do you measure a brand? Um, well, it's a tricky one because as we discussed, brand is everywhere. So I feel, I, I think that brand is an accelerator for a lot of things that you do. So if you build a strong brand, your performance marketing ads will work that much better because people recognize or like engage with it even more um, if you already started to establish that presence and like they kind of comment on it and want to be part of it, right? So I think it's an accelerator. So measuring brand by itself is, is hard because how do you measure something that is basically present everywhere? But there are some indicators. I mean, like they, 
like we said, the ultimate goal is to shorten cell cycle. So if your C, your cell cycle is getting shorter, you know, that, that's, that can be an indicator. Um, traffic inbound, like how much people are kind of like coming to you rather than you reaching out to them is also um, an indicator. People searching for your name, so branded search, um, organic traffic, so all of the things that are actually people coming. You could argue, yeah, but that's inbound, right? It's the content. It is, and that's the thing. It's like you can't really detach it completely, right? It's like it's SEO. It's like, yes, there's a lot of factors, um, but I think those are good indicators that you started to get known for something. I think there's a lot of uh, research and proof that shows that when brand activities are happening, it's just increase everything else, right? Like if you're doing a billboard campaign in a city, you're meant to see a peak of activities on your website coming from that city, right? Like, and it might not be happening straight away, but it might. People will see your name and they start like looking for you. Um, and I think then there's also a lot of the soft measures that we discussed, like is your sales team telling you that um, when they call, people have heard about you, right? Like, um, uh, is if you listen to gong calls, you can first go to gong. Like, are people mentioning, oh, yeah, I've seen your content. I've listened to your podcast. Like, um, then you know that it's working. They It's opening the door to selling faster because a lot of part of the, uh, if you call the outreach, right, like, it, it's tough if people have never heard about your brand, never heard about you, don't know what you're doing. The first time you call them, they're more likely to reject the call or be like, yeah, I'm not for you, right? Like, But if you've done that work before, it makes everything else easier. Um, so the actual measure and the KPIs that you want to track are definitely around organic traffic, uh, um, branded search, share of search. It's a good way. And there are new tools that are popping up on how to measure brand. They measure like share of social, share of search, um, positive comments on peer reviews, um, uh, PR. Like, so there's a lot of those components that potentially put together can help measure brand. So we'll see. I'm exploring that a bit right now. So we'll, we'll see if that is conclusive. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you've got to get... It's like collect everything, all these different metrics, and then you can kind of piece together a fragmented puzzle about yeah. where you're going, right? Um, exactly. I, yeah, and I suppose keeping yeah. track of those things consistently over time as well. You can't you can't just be doing like snapshot reports, like. Yeah, they are indicators, right? Like I think they're just like they're just indicators of of some trends that are going on, mm -hmm. and I'm a. As much as I, I think we we need to track, and we're lucky now in marketing that we can track so much better than before, and we have a lot of data we can work with, I don't think everything needs to be tracked. And I also don't think that it shouldn't be tracked to the point of like blocking marketers to do things mm -hmm. because they think, oh, look, the we don't get sales from a podcast. Let's just cut it down, right? Like Let's just stop it because it doesn't really shows immediate direct ROI. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's a mistake because B2B marketing is not immediate direct, right? Sales cycles take months. So marketing cycles probably take twice that long. Mm -hmm. So we, we, we want to measure everything within the quarter, right? Like we condition to think this quarter, but a lot of the marketing activity should be long term and if the sales cycle is six months you can be sure that the marketing cycles before that should be six months or a year right you want them to have heard about you way before that so i think that's that's the trick it's like we we try to measure brand with performance data and that doesn't work mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's super interesting and really good point so yeah. on to the very last question that we sort of ask all of our guests uh so what would um, be one thing that you would tell marketers to start, stop and continue doing based on the current landscape of marketing um, at, the, at this moment in time? Um, so, yeah, I'll, it, it depends what they're already doing or not, but I'll say, so we can probably mix the continue and start, like, um, but I will say, um, 
I'll start with the stop. Stop gating everything you do. And I'm sure you guys agree with, with that. Like, I think stop putting everything behind a gate, I think, uh, will be... And I do believe there is a place for some gated content, um, but not everything needs to be gated. So I think stop putting everything behind a form. Um, two, I will say start, um, start or continue talking to customers more. Um, I think that's something that is not that we don't always do, and especially again, the bigger the marketing team and the further away from customers and uh, people are. So I think stop, start, start like talking to customers more, understanding them deeper, um, and then start to continue involve, uh, evolving on uh, focusing on social. I think like and and especially on video and like having a proper video and social strategy um, is something that I will encourage marketer to explore no matter what company they are in. Mm -hmm. Okay, so to recap that for everyone, we'll have <laughs> stop uh, stop gating uh, your like, stop gating your content and putting things behind a gate, which um, obviously we can get on board with. And if you're in need of contact data, there's a very good contact data provider who can provide that instead. Uh, <laughs> uh, start, uh, start and continue um, We talking to customers. So if you're not already talking to customers, then do. If you are, continue it. It's like essential for, yeah, essential for mark your research into your market like your market research and knowing what you should do next and and planning for the future and then also start continue evolving on social um which i like absolutely hands down agree with as well like uh as soon as you stop evolving or stop thinking about social or just can like sit and do as you do you're missing the next trend and um uh, and the, all the opportunity that comes with that so yeah love those i think they're I think they're great um so yeah thanks Glenn for coming on it's been really interesting to chat um I felt like I hope everyone listening has learned a ton more about brand and can go away and and, and really think about all those long-term bets that they place and and how they can um measure their current brand activity now as well and, and how how well they're performing and doing that so thank you so much for coming well, thanks for having me. This was uh, this was really fun. Um, yeah, great great chat. And uh, yeah, I'll continue following the Cognizant content for sure. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, love it. Thank you. Thanks so much. Bye bye.